This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, uh, today's podcast, we've got some really good news, some... Uh, news that you need to investigate yourself uh, when it comes to our banking system. Some news that you will not hear anywhere else. We talk about McCarthy, the debt ceiling, uh, Ron DeSantis, his announcement today with Elon Musk. And he will be with us on tomorrow's broadcast. So don't miss it. This podcast brought to you by American Giant. It's Military Appreciation Month. Yeah, yeah, in May. Did you know that? No, no, I don't. I don't see camouflage uh, swimsuits in the front of Target, which, by the way, we have an update on that. Um, all members of the military community, active duty, reservists, National Guard, veterans, military family members, everyone gets a 30% discount. It's America Giant's way of saying thank you for your service in protecting our freedom. American Giant believes in America. They believe on the principles that we were founded on. A hard day's work, making a product that makes a difference. Um, actually having a good job makes a difference in your self-esteem in your own life. They have been committed to leading the way to show Americans can still make quality clothing right here. Clothing that lasts. Go to American-Giant.com military. Receive your 30% military discount now. Buy American at American-Giant.com slash military. 30% discount. American-Giant.com slash military. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. Glenn, how are you? Ah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I want to uh, I want to tell the story here uh, of Target. Now, it came out in the New York Post uh, just a couple of days ago. Target's top executive dismisses the social media uproar over the retailer's new line of LGBTQ-friendly kids' clothing. Outraged shoppers have posted videos and images on social media showing bathing suits that offer offer an extra crotch coverage, as well as rainbow-covered onesies for infants and children. Other offerings that uh, raise conservative hackles include T-shirts that say Pride Adult Drag Queen, Katia. Trans people will always exist. Girls, gays, theys. So... In the podcast last week for Fortune, called Leadership Next, the CEO of, um, of Target, Brian Cornell, was asked about the backlash to woke capitalism and specifically about uh, Budweiser and Disney. He said, you know, I, I think these are just good business decisions and it's the right thing to do for society and it's a great thing for our brand. The things we've done from a DE&I, diversity, equity, and inclusion standpoint, it's adding value. Mm. It's helping us drive sales. It's building greater engagement with both our teams and our guests, and those are just the right things for business today. 
Spokesperson for the company told Associated Press the tuck-friendly swimsuits are only offered now in adult sizes. Kids' collection does not feature the label. Oh, well, that's nice oh, of that's them. Oh, that's great. Yeah. When we think about purpose at Target, he said, it's really about helping all the families. And the word all is very important. Most of America shops at Target, so we want to do the right thing that supports families across the country. I know that the focus on diversity and inclusion and equity has fueled much of our growth over the last nine years. Huh. So it was last week, the story was, they're going to stick to their guns. Well, Target came out on uh, yesterday, Tuesday, said the retail giant is going to pull some of its LGBTQ-friendly kids' clothing from its stores after facing customer backlash. Just days after the company's talk executive dismissed the social media uproar, the Minneapolis-based chain said one of the main factors in the nationwide adjustment ahead of Pride Month was become, because some customers had become violent with workers. Well, I hope that that is not true. And if that is happening, I, I don't want idiot, anything to do with idiot, that. If you were to Idiots. harass a Target employee violently. Yeah, over just, clothing you're an idiot of any sort but still i mean this is what they always say right like yeah every, i know so i don't know if i believe anything yeah they always say oh we've had death threats this this was always said oh. you, the death threat thing is particularly comical for anyone who happens to be in i don't know am talk radio yeah i know <laughs> suck like, it up buttercup <laughs> jeez since introducing this year's collection, we've experienced threats impacting our team members' sense of safety and well-being while at work, said the Target spokesperson. Given these volatile circumstances, we are making adjustments to our plans, including removing items that have been at the center of the most significant confrontational behavior. Target declined to say whether it would remove the tuck-friendly women's swimsuits that allow trans women, their men, who have not had gender-affirming operations to conceal their junk. My words, not theirs. One of the LGBTQ brands being pulled, however, is Abpralin, which makes T-shirts, sweatshirts, bags, um, mainly because, uh, you know, it's occult and sat- satanic themed LGBTQ T-shirts and stuff. I mean, I don't know. Um, criticism has been widespread. Target spokesperson said folks are reaching out with feedback. And while some are sharing it with constructive criticism, they disagree with product decisions that we have made. Um, target shares were down 3% yesterday at closing. So it's good for their brand. Good for their brand. Uh, no, actually not good. You are beginning to have an effect. You, anyone Anyone that you know is like, let's go and tear it down. Tell them they're a moron. You're beginning to win. Already, ESG, any ESG fund is way down. They're not introducing, uh, they're introducing half of the number of funds than they did last year. That's because you're winning. Now you have uh, Budweiser on the ropes. I mean, have you heard the ads from uh, one of the uh, local bottling companies in Alabama did an ad? And it's a really bad ad, but it was like, we're sorry. We don't have anything to do with this. (laughs) We have nothing to do. We're all local people just like you. We disagree. We have nothing 
to do with this. Um, but it's getting, it's bad. It's, I, I think this is a really fascinating case study, the whole Bud Light thing. And I think the Target thing is r- rising to that level as well. In which, like, I don't know exactly how these things work or how you do them or how you make it happen. But, like, you know, like, we were talking about this a little bit off the other day. Uh, obviously, Miller Light is one of the big alternatives for Bud Light. Mm-hmm. I swear Bud Light is the one. This is Sarah Gonzalez's point, but um, which I'm stealing. But it, I swear Bud Light leaked the Miller Light ad because it was old. Oh, sure they, they did. They pushed that out there. I think that's a, yeah. I think that's a, but, but Miller Light's the alternative, right? And they, but then they were doing this too. Um, now, of course, Coors is owns Miller Light, so Coors Light and Miller's Miller Light are, are in on on all this right. stuff too. And then Michelob Ultra also released an ad a while ago that had a transgender athlete that we just all missed. Like, That's I okay. didn't know what happened. I, uh, I don't care who teaches everybody a lesson; somebody needs to teach and be taught fa- the lesson. That's what's fascinating here is like maybe that's the answer because you really can't boycott everybody that does no. things that you don't like. It, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't even be consistent with capitalism to boycott everybody that disagrees with you. Correct. But if you it's do, not even possible. It's not possible in this society. But it's also like not consistent with the principles of capitalism. Yes. Like there's, you're not supposed to only do business with people you agree with. That being said, when you have an example like this that is making a big difference, it's down. Their sales are down twenty four percent. Yes. Their stock does seem to finally be reacting to this. For a while, it really hadn't reacted. I don't think people thought it was serious. It was going to last. Right. And so now you're seeing them panic. You're seeing real reaction. Disney's the same way. Like, I don't know that Disney's business was particularly harmed by any of the stuff that happened there. But it might be. I mean, they a lot of the stuff that that has been talked about. We talked about this with the DeSantis uh, situation. They acted like they were blaming DeSantis mm-hmm. for this $1 billion project mm-hmm. that they shut down when in reality they had already pretty much shut it down previously. But still, like, nobody wants to be the next Disney. Nobody so, wants to have to correct. deal. No one wants to be the next Bud Light. No one wants to be the next Target. So why bother with this stuff? Just stay out of the out of the out of this you know discussion. Completely. Well, I will tell you that I hear from. Um, uh, Ramaswamy, what's his uh, first Vivek, name? Ramaswamy. Yeah, Vivek Ramaswamy. He said, I talk to business leaders all the time, Glenn. He said, there's a few of them that are held hostage. He said that they're like, we don't want to do any of this, Vivek. We, we just can't yeah. not do it. I think that's more common. I think so, too. Than we realize. And, it, you know, you start teaching. I don't know if Target is a true believer or not. Boy, they sure seem like it. Um, but the fact that they're moving clothes out from the front to the yeah, back. Yeah, but they're only doing it in certain cities, et cetera, et cetera. I, I, think, mm-hmm. uh, I think they just I, I boycott. Don't. And this is a w- women's thing, really. The men who goes, they go to Target and they're like, I'm going to tear your face off, are not the ones that they're going to concern themselves with. Also, is there are there actually any of the pe- these I people? Don't th- I don't. I've I don't. I've never know. seen one. It's nope. possible, I yep. suppose, yeah. that some idiot is doing something dumb. Yeah, but you do. You know, one person does something dumb, and then it becomes the whole thing. Yes. Uh, but women and I. I mean, Ricky, our executive producer, she's like, I, I'm trying not to go to Target. It's been three days. I'm having a hard time not going to Target. <laughs> And I'm like, well, we can, you know, I can give you a 12 step class to go to. We can, you know, we'll do 12 steps to get you off of target. Uh, but it's the women that are going to make the difference in this one. And if you keep this up, if you teach target 
the Anheuser-Busch lesson. You've got two in a row and kind of with Disney, three. Yeah, I think Disney counts too. Mm -hmm. I I think too, one of the things that's interesting about the Bud Light thing, and I've gone through this myself, is it's not as much about uh, some sort of organized boycott against this company. Because honestly, I don't know that, like I've heard a lot of people talking about that, but it's not like a typical boycott that we've been on the other side of, right? Where you have all these big organizations. One of the things I think with Bud Light, and maybe Target is getting to that point, is that it's created some some level of like societal like ickiness. Like it, it's one of those things that like I went to, a, I, I think I mentioned the story. I went to a wedding and they yes. had all the yes. beers up there. You could choose whatever you like. And normally, uh, but I'm going to have one beer at a wedding. I'll probably have a Bud Light just because it's the one I, mm-hmm. but I, I looked at it and I was like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to get a conversation about transgender issues tonight mm-hmm. with somebody. I'm, I'll take a Miller Light. And I think that is like, what is actually affecting the sales? I don't know that it's like everyone be like, I'm, you know, yes, we have people who are shooting, you know, Kid Rock is shooting his Bud Light with machine guns. Maybe that's part of it. But I think part of it too is just like people want to avoid it. And it's created this like, societal so, pressure on people to just choose something else. That's when that happens, that's when how, somebody how comes into the house with a Target bag, or yeah. you say, oh, I got this at Target, and they'll say, you're shopping at Target? Yeah. That's when this will change. That's when it happens. That's when this yeah, will change. Yeah. And uh, I, it's amazing. I, I think we are. I've been saying this for a while. I have really good feelings. I mean, bad crap is coming our way. Don't get me. Don't get me wrong. For those of you who listen for the doom and gloom, I'm still here. But good things are happening as well. There is something happening in America. And the Anheuser-Busch going down and staying down. And now just. In a couple of days, I mean, uh, the icky feeling happened with me and my wife when we were walking through Target, and it's right there. It's in your face. And uh, as I'm walking down uh, the aisle of Target, right in front of the cashier, and I see all of this, I'm like, you know, really? This is who you are? This is who you think we are? You think that transgender needs a... A, a display up front. How many transgender people are there? You are you are grooming our children. It really bothered me. Really bothered me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you look at we just talked about this with the social media alert from the government yesterday. They said as a positive, one of the things about social media was it helped people. What was it? develop their identity yeah. in LGBTQ yes. issues. That was one of the positive effects yeah. of social media. And they had tons of negatives like suicide and everything else. Mm-hmm. But one of the positives was if you happen to think you might be LGBTQ, this helps you I develop your identity. And it's like, well, that's just saying that social media is there to walk you. I mean, grooming is is actually a really good word for that. It is. It, it really, I mean, it, it's, it is. It's, and, it's and, different and, than, the, than the criminal version of it. But it is pretty, it's a pretty applicable word. You know, they say one, the, the thing that one generation tolerates, the next will embrace. Mm. If you look at casual sex, we tolerated Bill Clinton. Well, it depends what the definition of his is. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, <laughs> it became totally cool. Sex and, you know, oral sex, all of that 
totally fine. Kids doing it in schools almost immediately. Okay. Um, remember that? So where was that story that was in uh, Virginia? Ale- Alexandria. Alexandria, Alexandria Virginia. Virginia. Anyway, yeah. there was uh, there was a you know th- this happened overnight. Mm-hmm. What are we tolerating? We are now tolerating Satanism. We are now tolerating our children being groomed for trans drag shows. This is the best of the Glenn Beck program, and we really want to thank you for listening. A push to inject from the New York Times, a push to inject religion into public schools across Texas faltered on Tuesday after the state house failed to pass a contentious bill that would have required the Ten Commandments to be displayed prominently in every classroom. Now, I know the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not steal. Very, very controversial. The only one that they really have a problem with are the first two. I am the Lord thy God that took you out of slavery. Kind of an important thing to remember. Uh, And you shall have no other gods before me. I don't know. Really good safety tip. Really good safety tip as our society is being pushed into slavery because we worship a different God. And that could be your car. That could be your job. In many cases now, uh, in after-school classes, uh, it's uh, Satan. But anyway, it didn't. Pa- it passed the Senate. It only had to go to the House and pass. But we have a Republican rhino. He's a Texas House Speaker, Dade Phelan. Uh, and gosh darn it, he just ran out of time. He was trying to get it. Now, we only meet every two years. They also were trying to get past the uh, idea that preachers could be school counselors. Well, you don't have to go to the school counselor, but I know I don't trust any school counselor because they're all learning the same bullcrap. And here in Texas, it's different than most places. This is a very religious state. We the the. You, you'll hear open conversations everywhere about God and Jesus. You know, the first time I went to a doctor here in Texas, he said, okay, before we start, tell me about your spiritual health. And I went, I'm sorry, I think the lawsuit? And we just both laughed. And he said, yeah, here in Texas, we, we look at the whole, uh, the whole spirit and body. Um, and not all doctors do that, but he did. And I appreciate it. So what happens? This rhino, Dade Phelan, he goes and he makes sure that these things are not passed because they run out of time. They would have passed if he would have put it on the schedule, but he didn't. Now, there's something else about Dade that happened last weekend, and now our attorney general is calling for him to resign. I want to play just the audio of him uh, leading the House just last weekend. Mr. Speaker, I'll move adoption. Mr. Campbell, send out amendment. The amendment is acceptable to the author. Is there objection to the opposite amendment? And the chair has done. Amendment is adopted. The chair recognizes Mr. Mr. Johnson of Harris. Mr. Johnson of Harris to speak in opposition to the bill. It's not right. you, you want the 
Okay. So the I should recognize Ms. Niave Criado to speak in opposition to the bill. Okay. This guy is hammered. Either that or he's having a stroke or or something like that. But you'll see nobody gets up and says, are you okay? Nobody says, are you okay? Are you having a stroke? Nobody goes to him afterwards. Nothing happens. The guy and and forgive me if he has some. I, I mean, I had this on Monday. I didn't air it because I didn't know if he was having a stroke or something else. Now, the Texas AG, Ken Paxton, has come out and said, look at this guy. Hammered while he's dropping the hammer in the last weekend of uh, legislation. That is inexcusable. Inexcusable. All right. So we didn't pass a lot of things, but we did pass some things. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we, we passed a lot of stuff here recently about schools because of, uh, Uvalde, but we only meet every two years. So once this session is closed and that's it for the law for every two years, and it's fantastic by the way, but house bill 13 is a school marshals program, school guardian program and school sentinel program. I don't know where these things good or not. We have a retired U.S. Army Special Operations team leader and uh, combat shooting and tactics owner. It's Paul Howe. Welcome, Paul. How are you? Glenn, thank you. Good. I am doing good. I appreciate you airing this uh, topic. It's, uh, it's huge. And uh, it's like you said, two years. It's been a year. I think today is the anniversary date of Uvalde. It is. And so what happens is what has been done. Have the legislators, it's a clown show to a certain extent, as you described, uh, we have not done our due diligence, figured out the, the the problems, and we need to do that to protect our kids. I can give you some ideas. You just ask the questions. Well, and, so, uh, so let me ask you. So House Bill 13, what's the sure. school marshal program? Usually that's an 80-hour program, and I've had instructors. We actually have a guardian program on the ground right now. This is our final day of instruction. It's armed teachers and staff. But it's a it's a hybrid program that nobody will touch because of the, the requirements. They're vague. It's not well written. The bills are coming in not well written. They don't understand the, the protocols. And so what happens is people are going to the Guardian, which is uh, less stringent. We've trained about, uh, I want to say, over 12 ISDs as far out as Midland to uh, the Waco area to East Texas in School Guardian. That's armed teachers and staff. And we've been doing it for about 10 years right now. And has that grown? I mean, I've I've been to a campus here in Texas that have these great signs that says some teachers uh, and uh, employees here will protect uh, the children. They are armed and uh, dangerous. <laughs> like, oh, yes. Nobody's coming into that school. Well, if we go to Uvalde, or Uvalde we saw the train wreck there. And then you had Nashville, which is more recent. Now, the problem with Nashville, the shooter elected that school because it was a soft target. And what happens is the administrators that approached the shooter basically died. And, and so they're waiting for law enforcement. Well, Virginia Tech set the, the template. The shooter there killed 32 people in 11 minutes. Any, every minute we did not penetrate the target and engage that shooter, three people died. 
And so we know the answers to the tests. Columbine happened in 99. And so we're a long time past that, and we need to get better because the problem with schools is the standards as far as the law enforcement officers there. A lot of times there's some great school resource officers, and they're phenomenal. But there's a lot of them that law enforcement agencies are using it as a dumping ground for officers, wow. and they're not maintaining their skills. And these are the folks that are going to be shooting around your kids, and they can't shoot. And they have, we have issues with that. So I'm trying to fix that, trying to stay, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, push the, it's the training standards is really what it is for the state. Uh, it's pathetic. So and, what, so what, have we done anything in the last year from Uvalde? Have we, have we upgraded anything? Is there a way no. to fix this? Oh, yes, sir. They, uh, what happens is we have a, the TCO, which is the state basically governing board and they're an action agency that makes sure all the standards the problem is the state has very low standards we have low operator standards for police officers and then the instructor standards are horrific as well they haven't been updated in the firearms in probably 23 years oh my gosh so oh yes and so now you have officers going in in schools and, and these are the folks that you know we, we understand air marshals and the, the priority, they have a high priority on shooting and qualifications and their technical skills. Well, it needs to be the same as schools. Yes. So the guardians, it's a great augmentation to a school resource officer. Somebody can get there within 30 seconds and solve the problem, engage the shooter. And then what happens after that, the guardians, we train them to medical. And so with the medical, what happens is we can start treatment immediately. And so these problems are going to happen. We, we know it. We have a, a you know case histories as the politics in our world, and you see it, I, I, I listen to you, and, you know, it's frustrating because we know the answers to the test. I know. When, when is America going to stand up? When is the conservatives in America going to start fighting, uh, you know, for, they've been pushed back for so long and they're told, no, you can't fight. Well, let me tell you, the other side is pushing. You know, we have a mental health crisis in America. And so it's, it's huge, but, you know, I, I try to just say, hey, Texas, let's fix this. Okay, so, but, so if we change the standards, first of all, tell me what the standards are. I'm, I'm a really good shot, but yes. I generally only shoot during the summer. I shoot all summer long, and I get so busy when I'm down uh, here in Dallas that I just don't usually shoot unless I'm, you know, I don't do any live firing. Uh, and yes. I don't know if I were standing in front of a class and somebody came in I would hesitate just enough because I'd be like, am I good enough shot to hit him over there without hitting any of the kids? You know, you really have to be up on your skills and confident to pull a gun out, especially in a school where there's kids everywhere. Oh, correct. Now, we we teach the teachers and the guardians and uh, my lead instructor for the civilians. He's been running a guardian program for years. They actually shoot once a month. Okay, but wait, 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 wait. What are the standards, though? That's what you're doing. What are the standards? Yes. Well, we, we have seven pistol standards. And then what we do is so they have to meet a time and an accuracy. So they, they shoot these standards, and then they have to go into a live fire environment, which is we have a shoot house, and they shoot real bullets. What they do is they have to clear rooms, T-intersection, outside contact, and they have to be able to put on tourniquets and do a little bit of medical. So they have to complete these and... We documented it. It's, it's just like law enforcement. Where yeah, but this, this, is, this is not Texas standard. This is your standard for the Guardian program, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, okay. Because I, I am willing to go into court 
and testify as an expert witness. And I, all our standards that I teach exceed the state law enforcement. Why? Because the state law enforcement is unfortunately pathetic and they want to keep people and they don't want to lose anybody. But the problem is we want to keep the right people yeah. and we want the right people going into schools, uh, so, the schools, all the ISDs. Go ahead, sir. I, I, I just no, go ahead. Finish your thought. We have schools that want to have their own ISD police. And so you have these schools and superintendents that have never run a police department, have their own personal police department, but they don't understand the standards or training. And that becomes a train wreck in itself. So these officers are not training like they should, and they're on, they should be active shooter response. And that's their, their primary goal. Keep the kids safe. We want to interdict outside. We don't want that problem even getting into the school. If you watch the Nashville footage that, uh, the bad person drove around right by a playground with mm-hmm. kids, and it could have been horrific there. So, so worse than, this so, than it is. So tell me, is this something that has to be pushed by the state legislature, or can you just, if if you're in, you know, you're a parent, and you're like, I want to bring this to the school board. I think we should have these guardians there. Can yes, can people do that? Yes, sir. And that's that's what happens. The, the, the people on the school boards now are, are asking the questions and the right questions. And then are what is the training standards? And so what happens is uh, the more the parents get involved and the school board members and, and get in touch with the superintendents, they can make these programs happen. And it needs to happen. Our county schools, for example, we have maybe one deputy north and one deputy south in the county. It's a 15-minute response time to get to that school sometimes, depending where they're located. So that's 15 minutes of carnage that can happen unless you have a school guardian there. And these school guardians can be there early, late, and we don't don't advertise who they are. Okay, so so do people go to combatshootingandtactics.com to find out more about this? Yes, sir, they can do that. That's where they do? Uh, And by the way, just so people know who you are, it is my understanding that Black Hawk Down... It was kind of based on on your experience, was it not? I yes, I don't like to uh, yeah, put that out there, but, <laughs> I, but uh, that. I I, I uh, spoke with Mark Bowden in the day and uh, helped yeah. him get the get the story right. We're coming up on the 30th anniversary of that uh, incident, uh, and so yes, and uh, yeah. so what I want to do is I left special ops and decided, you know, punched out my master's degree and then started my business to help law enforcement in the United States. Yeah. I, I believe in giving back. You know, you just, uh, when you retire, it's just time to get a job you like. I know. And I so, know. you know how it is. Paul, thank you so much for everything. Again, if you're interested in this school, just go to combatshootingandtactics.com. Combatshootingandtactics.com. Paul, thank you for your multiple years of uh, service, and thank you for what you're doing now. God bless you. Glenn, take care. Be safe. You bet. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. All right. Dallas Brown, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? Hey, Glenn. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, So I don't know if you know uh, much about me, um, but I tend to think that we are uh, running a shell game uh, with our banks and our Federal Reserve and and our uh, central our central banks and our treasury um and i think we've done such damage to our banks and they are just printing money to keep everything looking like it's okay 
I saw your, so that's my point of view, so you know where I'm coming from, and I want you to correct me, uh, you know, and, and enlighten me if you have anything better to say. Um, I have not heard of Weiss ratings before, but I know you guys have been around for about 50 years, and yep. in the last bank crash, I think you guys were the ones leading the way saying, trouble, Is that, isn't that correct? Yeah, so um, we did. So I, I can get to both your points really okay. quick, but let me let me just jump in and tell you who Weiss is and what we've been doing. So this this analysis we did isn't something that we just did one time. We rate banks and many assets, stocks, insurance companies, bonds, and uh, crypto daily. Mm. And so we see the movement that happens based on liquidity of banks, capitalization, stability. And so we're, we're very vigilant. Our analysts are very vigilant about this. And so Weiss has been doing this. They started rating banks in 1971. Okay. And we, um, so Martin Weiss is the founder and his father actually back in 1930, his name is Irving Weiss. He predicted the failure of the bank of United States. Mm. And so that's where the catalyst of this came. And so in 1971, he get, got together with his son and they started rating banks for safety for consumers. And so we rate every bank. And so it's not just bank, it's also credit unions. Mm. And so in 2008, you know, we, we named in advance warning all the major banks that failed during that financial crisis. I mean, you, you were the, I think the only guys that said Bear Stearns and Lehman Brothers are going. Yep. Yep. So it was, it was like weeks before, um, Bear Stearns and it was like a hundred and some odd days before Lehman Brothers that we announced that they, they're, they're gone. Like it, it's, it's an end game with them. But since 2008, there's been 539 bank failures and we have given advance warning on 535 of those and Jeez. some of those other ones were fraud. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so th- this isn't this isn't something that we take lightly here. It, it's important. It's important for consumers. But uh, I we we kind of agree with you. It's it's not the bank's fault. A hundred percent. It is it is the government. It is the government forcing them um, to push this money out, not letting the free market play a key role in, right. in regulating the banks. Um, and they and they just keep stepping in to protect banks, protect them from the market, and it's created this monster that's going to be tough to fix or save. Honestly. Right, and it, and it's and it's only really benefiting, at least at this point, the big banks. Everything keeps getting folded in to these banks that we said were too big to fail, and so we got to make them smaller. Uh, back in two thousand eight, they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, it feels like we're going to end up with. Well, just a Bank of America. <laughs> well, ho- hopefully that doesn't happen because that's not good for anybody uh, in our country at all. Right. I, I was talking with um, a president of a regional bank not too long ago, and he was talking about a nationalized bank. And I'm just like, why? Why are you even talking about this? This is this is not something that that we want to be we discussing. Like, correct. We need the privatization. Yeah. So. so th- Go ahead. This is what we found. Yeah, this this is what we found. So basically what's happening is because of how quickly they raised interest rates, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot of banks that are holding bonds. And when 
someone comes and does a bank run or, or, or we have a lot of people taking out deposits, especially ones that have high uninsured amounts. So that's people yep. that have over the 250. Um, the banks start having a crisis. And if they don't have the liquidity or they don't have the cash to cover those, like a typical bank run, they have to sell their bonds. And on their balance sheet, the bonds are marked or held to maturity. And so they have them marked as if they were going to sell them in 10 years and 20 years and 30 years, but then they have to take them now and they take a loss, right? And so after that, if their money that they're taking exceeds the capital, it's a game over for the bank. And then somebody has to step in and save them. And we only have two options. Either we bail out regional banks if this starts happening, or we sell them to the bigger banks and we, we lessen the free market. Okay, so this is what this is what I read what a week or two ago. Twelve hundred ten institutions—that's uh, banks and uh, uh, and um, what do you call them? Uh, credit unions. Credit unions. Yeah. Uh, that's twelve point eight percent of our banking system got a red warning flag signaling risk of imminent failure. 3,000 received a yellow warning flag indicating risk of failure in a financial crisis or recession. And 45 banks, 45% of all banks and credit unions were deemed vulnerable. Well, if the 12.8 go down, then you have a financial crisis or recession, and that just triggers the other 3,000, does it not? So So a lot of these banks are teetering, right? They're getting they're getting uh, loans from other banks, or they're selling their uh, assets to be able to cover if any type of run happens. So, what we're saying is there are twelve percent or twelve hundred and ten institutions are at a point where if anybody decided to start pulling money out, or or we had some sort of small panic, they're not surviving. It's not happening. And that is, that is a lot to do with the fact that they don't have the liquidity based on the short-term and long-term demands on their bank. Mm. And so what, when we rate banks, we, we have five different ratings, and there's 154 different data points we look at within that rating. And then we compare them to the stability across all of our data on those banks. And so we compare 6,000 data points to figure out what is the stability of this bank. And then we rate every bank A through E, okay? And so A and B are more stable. C is in a vulnerable, that's the yellow flag, right? Mm-hmm. And then D and E are the red flag. But there's, there's, there's quite a bit, even in that yellow flag, that if we hit a recession or we get come into a new financial crisis, they do not have the liquidity or the cash on hand to be able to survive. So what does that mean to the average person? I've been telling people well, don't don't pull your money out of a bank unless you you know unless I, I think you're foolish for putting more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars in a bank uh, a bank account especially if you're an individual maybe businesses I understand um, but uh, you put you're you're going to get your money back now how much your money is worth in the end is another story but don't pull your money out because you're going to get that money if it fails right yeah we we don't we don't first off we don't want to cause panic right yes that's why that's why the fdic who understood that a lot of the problems with these recent bank failures were 
they had a lot of uninsured accounts, right? So that means they were over to $250,000. But the first thing is, don't hedge your bets. Don't, don't think that the FDIC has the capital to cover everybody because they don't, right? When they came out and said, we're going to cover all accounts and over the 250000 but that's they're just they're just playing paying lip service. That's exactly what they're doing. They, well, I think they they'll print. Uh, I think they'll print the money. And that's why I say so I wonder right. how much it'll be worth in the end. But yeah. they'll just print so it. It's not the FDIC that will bail them out. It will be the U.S. Treasury, correct? Right? Yes, that will bail them out. Yeah, right. yeah. And so and so the first thing I would do is never, like you said, never have over two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. And spread them out because each account is actually insured and so you can have one and one and one and the other and have a total of five hundred thousand dollars in the same bank but yeah okay as long as they're in separate accounts it's the accounts themselves that are insured okay so um when you say uh, signaling a risk of imminent failure that means if something happens or i mean imminent failure usually is like defcon one the war has started it's coming so, in so everybody, anybody that is on uh, listening right now can go to WeissRatings.com and see what their bank is rated. They don't have to do anything. There's a search at the top. You get all the information. You don't have to pay for it. We do this out just because we care about the everyday person. Um, and so you can go right now and see what your bank's rated. If your bank is rated red, there's a possibility and I'm not going to say it's happening, but if, if it's rated a D or an E, there's a possibility that even without a crisis, they could they could go under. They could. Fail, so what do you right? do if you're in one of those banks? Because I don't want people to panic and freak out, but I want them to be safe. So what do you do if yeah. you're in one of those banks? So so right now it's it's not an issue. We're, we do not have an issue, and so don't we're not panicking. Nobody needs to panic. Nobody needs to go take their money out. They need to be careful, right? They need to to see where their money is, see why, because you can see right there why the institution has rated that. And if it's a profit problem, if it is a stability issue, um, a lot of these are a lot of these are really small banks, right? Mm-hmm. And and so what what they need to do is they're they're going to be covered. Everything is covered. Credit unions are covered covered under the NCUA. Banks are covered under the FDIC, and if you're in one of these small banks, you're just going to be pushed into, like we saw these other with these other bank failures that happen, into a larger bank that buys your assets, right. or it's taken over by until they can they can tell they can auction off the accounts, and so it's going to be seamless for them. Um, but you know, it's it's we have them there just so when people are looking to get into banks or they looking know. to not have to deal with this, they know. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder.